Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Hey, Love City Church. So glad you're here with us this morning. Come on, what a great day uh, in the house of God. We're so glad that you're with us today. Wherever you are, uh, at home or away, because I know it's a holiday kind of week, uh, the weather is just absolutely terrible, isn't it? It's just brutal. But you know what? you got to remember, we need this so that my garden and grass can grow. So I prayed for it, so you can talk to uh, God later about that. Now, we're here today in Cardell Theater, and I thought today, instead of doing a pre-recorded sermon, which you might be watching today and thinking, all those times it was pre-recorded, haha, yes, it was. Uh, but today, I thought what I could do is actually, I'm live, it's Sunday, um, and I would love to see someone's phone so I can see if someone's commenting. But if you're here today, why don't you shout out to me. Can I have someone's phone that's on all, all of them? Maybe, Brittany, your phone? We got the, the Lings are joining us here today to kind of help us set all this stuff up. Thank you, brother. Come on, we got Matthew Proc Navy with us. Hey, guys, I'm not sure if you're in town or Trout Lake, but I hope we're maybe down in uh, Salmon Arm. Hope you're having a good time. Josh Hahn, good to see you, bro. Glad you're here with us today. Jesse, uh, Deb, thanks for coming. Cindy, come on, Naomi Slack. Hey, Naomi, good to see you, girl. Justine Moon, Vince Paul, Elizabeth Garrison, come on, Courtney, come on, Andrew Ling, Catherine, Joel, uh, it's fantastic. We're so glad you're all here with us today, and um, come on, if you're on YouTube, uh, I can't see you on this here, but uh, I'm so glad you're here today joining us. Today is our Vision Sunday, and what that means is, is I'm going to be casting some vision for you uh, for our coming year, and Lord willing, for the next couple of years. Come on, Jesus. Let's pray. We've been a church that has made a lot of changes. <laughs> we've shifted a lot. We've launched a lot. We've done a lot. You know, in the last four months, we transitioned into our new setup in our third academy, and then four weeks later, an opportunity opened to come into Cardell Theater, and we ran to the opportunity, and in one week, we moved our church, and then COVID-19 hit and we had to then move away from gathering together. And so we've had a lot of transitions. My prayer is, I just feel like this, this last four months has allowed us to really begin to focus on what is going on uh, in the world today and really focus on, these guys are laughing, I wanna see why. Good morning, come on, hi, Ryan. come on, thanks mom and dad, daddy's here. <laughs> oh, I feel so much comfort now that my daddy's here. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> Whoa, that was close. Um, but anyways, uh, we, we've just, um, last four months have really given Steph and I a real opportunity in our team to really just pray about, all right, Lord, we're coming into Cardell Theater. God willing, we can be here for a while. We want to serve this, uh, this company. We want to serve Quarry Park neighborhood with partnership with all of our other great friends in the community. So what's a strategy that we can have to really, really, um, you know, uh, really, really dial it in and, and connect uh, in this season? And so we're super excited about this opportunity today. So what I'm going to be sharing with you today is just a few thoughts. Um, and uh, these thoughts are really to inspire you, to encourage you. I'm going to give you three overarching thoughts about our movement forward. With the third one, I'm just going to give you some strategy, some really clear strategy. I'm super excited about this because I really feel like this, uh, this vision, this strategy is clear. I believe that it's, it's, uh, it's tangible. I believe that it's accessible. It's simple. And the goal is for not only your life to be able to have a nice rhythm, but also uh, a healthy rhythm, really, but also for you to be able to invite people into this rhythm and it be really, really awesome and really, really healthy and your life's transformed by Christ and so forth. So um, this is something, something new we'll be doing is I want to start 
providing just a little screen. I know a lot of great communicators across, across the planet do this. And actually, when we first started the church, this is how we did our, 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 our words. And so I wanted to go back to it so that I can kind of use this to study the Bible today. We're going to read some scripture today. And so if you have your Bibles, uh, you can look here. But also, if you have your Bible, you can open to Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3, and we're going to read just five verses, verses 1 to 5, and I, I hope this works because I have a new way of putting our, our words up here, so let's just see if this guy pops up. Hey, look at that. Now, I don't know if you can see it. It might be a bit challenging to read because it is a little small, but hopefully you can read it okay, and um, if you can't, I'll read it out loud, and, and you can uh, look on your Bible. But let's read this together this morning. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites, I'll read it from here, set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp giving orders to the people, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, your God, and the Levitical uh, priests, carry it, uh, carry it, and you are to move out from your position and follow it. So if we went back for one moment, let's just take a moment and give you a little bit of context. The people of Israel had, uh, had been set free from Egypt. They, the people of Israel in this story not only represent, represents a group of people, the Jewish nation, God's chosen uh, people, but also it represents a symbolic picture of the church. It's not just an individual picture, it's a group picture of what the church is and what the church looks like and what the church uh, will become. And, and so we see a story of the, the people of Israel uh, being, uh, being redeemed from Egypt, redeemed from slavery, redeemed from brokenness, and they were there for 500 years and under the bondages of the evil one and finally God came and saw the cries of his people and he redeemed them and he pulled them out of Egypt he pulled them out of the slavery out of the old way brought them miraculously into uh, through the Red Sea into the desert they were only supposed to be in the desert for maybe a uh, maybe a, a couple of weeks couple of days uh, even to a couple of years so somewhere between a couple of weeks to a couple of years and finally after two years they reached the border of the, prom, of the desert. And they were about to step into the promised land. And before they were able to go into the promised land, they had to go scout out the promised land and make sure what, was, what they were up against. And so these spies went into the land and they came back to the people of Israel, the church of God. And two of them, Caleb and Joshua, reported that, the, that, that this land has giants and this land has challenges and this land does have difficulties. There are demonic forces and evil giants that will stand against us from pursuing the purposes of God. But we can do it. But we can conquer them. But with God, we can enter the promised land and, and receive all that God has for us. But the rest of the people grumbled and the rest of the people complained and the rest of the people had doubt. And so because of that, they had to enter back into the desert. And for another 38 years, they wandered in the desert. In fact, they wandered in circles. For 40 years, they walked in circles. Round and round and round they went, the church of God, waiting to fulfill the purposes that God had for them. But there was doubt in their heart and there was fear in their heart and there's grumbling in their heart. And they didn't have enough faith to believe that even though things were challenging and even though things were difficult and even though sometimes it doesn't appear as though uh, it's easy to see breakthrough in our lives or in our marriages or in our finances, even though things seem challenging, they did not believe that my God, the delivering God who brought us out of Egypt into the, prom into the desert, the one who brought us to the Red Sea could actually bring us to the promised land. And so here we are right at the very verge and look what it says before they crossed over Joshua was now the leader Moses had died they're standing at the very edge of the uh, of the Jordan River about to go into the promised land that was their land and here they are right before they're about to go into the land and God uh, gave them 
something to remember as they entered into the promised land. He wanted them to know that before you go into this place, before you step into the promised land, before you step into a, a land flowing with milk and honey, before you ste step into your purposes, before you step into this, this new community, before you step into this new theater, before you step into this new season in your family, in your jobs, in your life, before you go into the season, I have a few things that I need you to consider. I have a few things that I, I need you to do. And it says uh, in this verse, it says, there we go. It says, uh, all three, uh, after three days, the officers went throughout the camp and giving orders to the people. And when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, your God, and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move from your positions and you are to follow it. He says, okay, listen, do not get ahead of the presence of God. When you go into the, to the promised land, when you step into this new season, when you step into this new vision as a people of God, when you step into this new season as a church. Now listen, God has called us to reach hundreds if not thousands of people in the city of Calgary. God has called our church with the simple gospel of Jesus Christ, with the simple truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's simple. He died for you. He loves you. He wants to transform you. And he has an abundant life for you right now on this planet. And he wants you to be a part of the family of God so that you can live out the purposes of God in your life, that you can make a difference for the kingdom of God. But before you can step into the purposes for your life, you got to get behind the ark of the God. You got to get behind the presence of God. You got to get your life in order. You got to make sure that the presence of God is leading you. You cannot be led in this season by your own ideas or your own agenda or your own desires or your own wants. You cannot be led by your own sinful nature. You cannot be led by your own desires. Today, we make a declaration that Love City Church will be led by the presence of God. We are gonna get ourselves behind the Ark of the Covenant. We're gonna get ourselves behind. And look what he says in this verse. He says, get behind the Ark of God and follow it. He says, then you will know which way to go. Then he says this, since you have never been this way before, but keep a distance about 2,000 cubits between you and the Ark, do not go near it. He says, listen, you gotta get behind the Ark of God. You got to get behind the presence of the Lord. You got to be led by the Spirit of God. You got to be led by God's Spirit as a church. Why? Because we've never been this way before. We've never been in this post-COVID season. We've never been in this season where digital church is just as uh, relevant and, and impacting as, as physical church. We've never been in this season where we've got uh, drastic uh, things happening across our world. We've never been through a global pandemic. We never experienced what life is like after this. We have never been in this season before. We have never been here as a church. We've never been in a nice facility like this. We've never been in this community. We've never been here before. We have never as a church stepped foot into this place ever before in order for us to know what God wants us to do we as a church we got to be led by the presence of God you in your life you got to be led by the presence of God you got to get behind the ark of God and you got to follow it you got to get behind it you got to choose to get behind it and look what it says in this verse in verse the final verse five Joshua told the people look at this consecrate yourselves that word consecrate means to set yourself apart it means to make a decision to choose to accept the fact that you, are, that you are a holy chosen of God, that you are a priesthood of the Most High God, that God has a purpose for your life, that God has a destiny for your life, that God's got something for your life. God has a plan and a purpose and a destiny for your life. Therefore, set yourself apart. Why? Because tomorrow the Lord is going to do amazing things among you. 
Come on, you're at home right now. I want you to shout amen. God is about to do amazing things. It says tomorrow in your life. Today, God's going to do some amazing things, but it requires you to set yourself apart. You got to recognize the fact that you can't lead your life without being led by the Spirit of God. You can't step out of your home every day based on your own flesh. We can't lead this church into the new season by going by our own desires or building our own kingdom or building our own empire or trying to be the most famous or the hottest or the best. None of that's important. What most important is that we're following the Holy Spirit and that we're led by the Spirit of God, that our lives are led and drawn by God's presence. We will never step out in front of the Ark of the Covenant. We will never step out in front of the presence of God. Why? Because I know that if we stay behind the presence, guess what's going to happen? The Lord will do amazing things. Come on, the Lord's going to do amazing things. So here is my, my, my first kind of point. I've said it many times already, but here's my first point. This is it. In this next season, we must be a church and a people that is led by the presence of God. Come on. We must get behind the presence and let God lead us. Come on, are you in? Come on, you want to be led by God's presence, not by human flesh? Come on, if you're led by God's presence, you're led by God's grace, guess what happens? Your yoke is easy and your burden is light and there is rest for your souls and you get to be used by God's kingdom to do mighty things for his purposes, to see many come to salvation for Jesus Christ and you get to find fulfillment by serving and by being in the house of the Lord and being a part of in a community that is led by God's presence individually and globally as a church. We're going to be a church that's led by the presence of God. Okay, so let's jump over into the New Testament here. And really, in, our, in July and August, we're going to be doing an eight-week series called The Unstoppable Church. Come on, it's going to be amazing. We're going to walk through the book of Acts and we're going to look at the eight different components, the realities, the realities that made the local church and the early church an unstoppable force. And we're going to believe that by September, we will get this into the soil of our church so we can come into September being an unstoppable church. Amen. Come on, here's, here's the, the second verse you can jump over to today. We're going to spend the rest of our time today in the book of Acts. Come on, in the book of Acts, verse one, let's read this together. It says, in my, in my former book, this is Luke writing, Luke the, who wrote the book of Luke. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instruction, this is Acts 1, and this is 1 to 8. Giving instructions to the Holy Spirit, to the apostles he had chosen. After the, his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and he spoke about the kingdom of God. Okay, so here we have Jesus was on the, uh, leading his ministry for three and a half years. He was teaching them about the kingdom. He came to a place on his journey where he was crucified as he prophesied he would, would happen. He was buried and he rose on the third day and he came to his uh, disciples, all 120 plus disciples, and he began to reveal himself to them multiple times over about 500 days, giving convincing proof that he really was alive. And then he comes to this verse and he says these powerful things. On one occasion, when he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So here he says, listen, this is very similar. Remember in Joshua, he says, okay, you're about to go into the promised land. 
You're about to step into a new season as a church. You're about to go into the land that I promised you. But before you go, get behind the ark. He said, before you go, you got to be led by the presence of God. Now he says, okay, Jesus, he says, I'm about to leave. You're about to go into this new season. You're about to step into the new season as a church. You're about to step into what it means to be the local church today. You're gonna, you're gonna experience all the things that I've been talking about for three and a half years. But before you step into it, just wait because you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So he first says our, our, our church will be a church that is led by the presence of God. Our church will also be a church that is filled with the spirit of God. Come on. We have to see here that, that Jesus says you got to wait. The last thing he said to them was, I want you to wait. I want you to get behind my presence and be led by my presence. And I also want you to be filled with the Spirit of God. I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And he tells us why in verse 8 and 9. And he said to them, but you will receive power, dunamis, miracle working power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before the very eyes, a cloud hid them from their sight. The very last thing that Jesus said to them before they stepped into the promised land as the new church, the church that we're trying to emulate, he said, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. But why? Because he wants to give you power. Well, why? Is it for me, Ryan? Is it for me to get, you know, uh, the sensational experience? Is it for me to be filled and blessed and overwhelmed and touched? Yes, there's components of that about being filled with the Spirit is to give us strength and to give us courage and to give us, give us an inner, inner desire and the, 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 what we need to be able to pursue as followers of Jesus. But I want you to know today, the purpose of you being filled with the Holy Spirit is not just for you. Jesus says right here, so that you will be my witnesses. You've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He says, the last thing I want you to know before I'm going to leave this planet is that I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can be powerful witnesses of my gospel. He doesn't say, I want you to be filled with the Spirit so you can have an amazing prayer meeting where Christians can only be invited and we want to worry about the carpet color and make sure everything's perfect and make sure we just keep us us for and no more. He says, no, I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can be a witness to everyone around you for the purposes of the kingdom of God. The purpose of the indwelling of the Spirit is not just for your experience. It's so that we can be filled by the power of God to reach lost people. And so here's the second thought here today. I think maybe I didn't put it down. That's too bad. <laughs> oh, wait, I wanted to read that. Let's read that. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of violent wind came. Look at that. So they were all together in one place. Come on, you're home right now. I want you to say that out loud. All together in one place. They weren't scattered. Every Christian was in one place. Now I want you to just consider this. When we all to get together in one place, which we believe in, we believe the Holy Spirit comes and ministers to us and speaks to us. Don't get me wrong. The Holy Spirit does come and we experience him and we feel him and that is powerful. But look what happened. They got together all in one place. 
every Christian. It wasn't like we were in multiple different places and all, we don't need to gather. No, the gathering has incredible value here. Look what it says. All together, every single follower of Jesus that was in that church gathered in one place and look what happened. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house where they were sitting and they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separately sat, in, uh, sat on them. Uh, tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. We say, Ryan, what kind of tongues were they? Were they tongues like maybe you hear the unintelligible tongues? No, no, no. They were speaking different languages like French and Spanish and, and Medes and, 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 and Afrikaans and, and all the different languages of the world. They were speaking in this moment. And look what it says they were speaking. Now they were st staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every, every nation under heaven. And when they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their language being spoken. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Listen to this. When the church started, the very first thing that happened when the church started, when they gathered together in their gathering, the Holy Spirit came down upon them and they began to speak in different languages and the people that were in the community began to hear declaring about the purposes of God and how God loves them and is called for them and came to die for them. And guess what happened? They said, I don't understand. How are these people declaring the power and the mercy and the strength of God in my native tongue. Why? Because they were filled with the Holy Spirit to witness. So come on, we want to be a church today. We want to be a church that in this next season, we are a church and a people that is filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with God's power to share the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, let's not overcomplicate this message. Come on, let's not overcomplicate this message. You know, end times and, and tongues or no tongues or healing or no healing or angels or no angels. Listen, the Bible says it. We believe it. We don't have all the answers, but here's one thing I do know. Peter walked into the prayer meeting and one man said, hey, he said, do you have any money for the poor? And Peter didn't say, well, did you know that the time's coming to an end? The end is near. It's not what Peter said. Peter said, actually, I don't got a credit card. I don't got change. I don't got a bus pass. I don't got a sandwich. I ain't got nothing. But what I do have, his name is Jesus. Get up and walk. The simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that Jesus Christ died on a cross he was buried for three days. And this man named Jesus Christ, 100% God and 100% man, rose from the dead, conquered death, gave you and I a, a new way to spend an eternity in heaven and live an abundant life right now so that your marriage can be restored and your finances can be renewed and your mind can be healed and your life can be made new and you can experience peace and joy and love. That's the simple gospel of Jesus Christ and you can share that, but you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we're gonna be a church that's, we're not gonna pretend, we're not gonna tiptoe around the idea of being filled with the Spirit. Come on, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ today, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, he wants to enable you to be a witness for his kingdom. You say, what do I say? These people spoke in different languages. Man, they started speaking French. They never spoke French before. They just started speaking English or French or whatever language that was. They just started speaking out loud. And what happened? The Spirit of God enabled them to do something they didn't have any capacity to do. Okay, so we're going to go to our third one here. We'll spend a little bit of time here, our remaining time here at the end of the Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, we see something formulating. It's this weird rhythm 
Now, we don't actually see in this scripture the, the Peter or the disciples teaching these people who gave their lives to Jesus how to do church. So maybe somewhere in there, I don't know, but maybe somewhere in there, there was a few days. I don't know. But what I do know is this. When they wrote down, when Luke wrote down what the church was doing, I'd like to believe that, that when they became followers of Jesus Christ, when, when 3,000 people, Peter stood up on the very edge of the balcony and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, talked about it, and 3,000 people were cut to the heart, and they said, what do we do? And Peter said, repent and be water baptized so that you will be filled with the Holy Spirit for you and your children's children. And then when they gave their lives to the Lord, it says in that moment, it was like they just knew what to do. I believe that when you and I become a follower of Jesus Christ, there is an inherent rhythm. Now, our church, churches across the years have maybe gone off track a little bit, maybe. And I'm sure we have in our own right, too. We've all gone off track in some way. But I want to look and evaluate at the rhythm of this New Testament church. And as you know, it would be my heart to continue to carve out a rhythm and a strategy from that passage of Scripture in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. This rhythm just formulated out of what it meant. They, they just did these things. It was not out of obligation. It wasn't church attendance. It wasn't, oh, I got to join a group or I wasn't this. It was just a response to being passionately in love with God and being filled with the Spirit. So I want to look at this, 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 this formula here. And I want to read this verse in Acts chapter 2, verse 41. It says this, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. And look at this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. Again, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with gladness and singing in their hearts, sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Here's the third one today. In this next season, we must be a church and people that is devoted to a healthy church rhythm. Each of us committed to the biblical pattern of how and why the local church engaged with one another. And so what I want to do today is I'm just going to give you, our main time, I want to give you our strategy, our, our new strategy. The word devoted there actually means to be steadfastly attentive to. It means to continue all the time. It means to persevere and not faint. It means to do constantly, to attend to with great care. It means to do something that is mundane consistently and not give up. They were devoted. They were devoted to these things. So we have four things here today. Our strategy. How are we going to, how are we going to approach the accomplish this vision in the next season, which I'm going to tell you about for a moment? What is this vision? When our mission is to help people discover a relationship with Jesus and, and live a life that expresses his love. But our, 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 our vision, what is our vision in this season? Our vision is every day for every person. We want to be a church that is available every day for every person. As you know, many churches, which is, which is good, there's good things about it. We have built this idea that church is really about one day, really about the one day, this day, Sunday. We think, okay, church is just about that one day. 
But what I want to do is I want to try to level the playing field a little bit so that we aren't so focused on one day, but we are focused on every day being a people who are available to not only serve those in our, house, in our church, in our house, in our family, but be available to reach lost people all around us every day. So we want to be a church for uh, every day for every person, seven days a week. We want to make sure we're reaching as many people as we can. I want to create as many opportunities as we can for every person to be able to accept Jesus Christ that God's called us to reach. And so here is our four, our four things that we draw from this Acts 2, 42 to 47. Four strategic, uh, strategic things that we're going to be doing. Uh, the, these four things are gather, grow, give, and go. Gather, grow, give and go. Here's the first one. Gather. The strategy. Every person, this is for you today. This is what we're asking. This is how we're going to measure our effectiveness as a church. We won't just measure it by butts in seats on a Sunday. We're going to measure it by something so much larger. Remember, we want to see lost people saved and we want to see uh, 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 saved people discipled and we want to see discipled people pastored and we want to see pastored people matured and matured people sent. How are we going to accomplish that? How are we going to build that? Well, our first strategy is our gather, our gatherings. Here's what we're asking you to do. We, we expect every person in Love City Church to be committed to at least one physical gathering every week. One physical gathering every week. Look what it says. It says, look at this. When they, they at Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. All the believers met together in one place in their homes and they ate together all in one place. They gathered together daily, all of the time together. We want to encourage you to make a commitment to gather at least one time a week. Now you say, Ryan, what does that mean? Well, our strategy is to create more opportunities for you to gather. Now, right now, we have a 9.30 service and an 11 o'clock service starting next Sunday, and you've got to register to come. We also have our digital gatherings, which are uh, 11 o'clock on uh, Sunday morning, 7 p.m. on Sunday night. We're changing those up. And then Wednesday night at 6 p.m. But one of the things we're going to be doing in the future is we're going to be launching a live physical uh, service on Wednesday night at 6 p.m. That is just like our Sunday gathering. So if you end up deciding that you want to come to our Wednesday night service at 6 p.m., it'll be just like our service on Sunday morning. So if you come to our Wednesday night service at 6 p.m., that's your gathering. That's your gathering. That's your, your connection point. That's the place where you gather all together. If you say, you know what, Ryan, I want to gather in my group. I want to meet in my group, but I want to join you digitally on Sunday or digitally on Wednesday. That's okay. We just want you to make a commitment to gathering at least one time per week. That means one time a week you are meeting physically, whether it's on a gathering on a Sunday or in the future on a Wednesday, or it's in your group. One physical gathering a week. And you notice what, what day is highlighted in, in these days. Look, look at the word that is highlighted in this, in this scripture. It says every day. It doesn't say one day. It doesn't say a day of the week. It says every day. Every day they gather in the temple. Every day they gather together. The church is about every day, every person. And so we want to create opportunities every day. And so... I want you to notice that in the scripture, the church isn't just a day, it's not just a building, it's people. And we want to create environments for people to gather every day for every person. And the goal is, in these gatherings, we have five components of the local church, five components that we see in this scripture. It says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, which is the Bible. 
It's right here. Look what it says. Bible teaching in every gathering. There'll be genuine relationship, doing life together, community. We'll be eating together and being with one another in communion. We'll be ministering to one another in prayer. We'll be worshiping together, praising God with sincere hearts. That'll happen in our gathering. That'll happen in our groups. So if you come to one of our groups, you're going to experience these five things. If you come to one of our gatherings, you're going to experience one of these, you're going to experience all these five things in both of those. So you can choose what best fits for your life. But as long as you're making a commitment to being in a gathering every single week, you're fulfilling what I would call our expectation, our devotion to what the early church did in the scripture. And so here's our second one here today. Grow. The strategy, grow. Every person is committed to a group, either physically or digitally, every week. Now, we are going to continue to have our digital groups online. And maybe you're here today and you say, you know what, Ryan, I don't want to go to a physical group. I'd rather engage digitally. That's okay. Remember, we're only asking you to make one physical commitment. So if you come to one of our gatherings on a Sunday right now and you come digitally to a group throughout the week, that's okay. You're still a part of our church. That's our rhythm. If you say, Ryan, I want to go to a physical group but I want to attend digitally on Sunday or on Wednesday, that's okay. That's your decision. But we want you to attend in one physical location and we want you to be every single person in our church to engage in a group. This is where our discipleship happens. This is where body ministry happens. You say, Ryan, when am I going to get to speak? Or when do I get to pray for someone? Or when do I get to, get to do different outreaches? Or Ryan, well, how come it's always you on the stage or other people? It's because our groups are where body ministry happens, not just on Sunday morning. They happen all throughout our groups. In our groups, there'll be worship, there'll be prayer, there'll be communion, there'll be life on life, there'll be mission, there'll be reaching out, there'll be uh, outreach, there'll be all sorts of environments. And we want to have a group in every single community throughout the entire city. Come on, amen. But we want to start in the southeast and the southwest by having a group in every community, as many groups as we can. And so if you're feeling God lead you to start a group, say, Ryan, how do I start a group? Well, you got to become a, a co-group leader. And you got to go to one of those group leaders and say, I think I want to lead a group. And you got to be in a group and stay consistent in a group and go every week and prove to us that you want to be a consistent part of leading our groups in Love City Church. And so these groups are life on life. Come on, they're consistent. They're together. It's right there in the scripture. They met in their homes. Here's the, here's the third one here today. Strategy, give. Every person committed to investing their time, their talents, and their treasures every single day. I want you to notice this for a minute. Right in this scripture, it says that they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. I love the fact that the author chose to put the word money in relationship to the local church. Come on, we want you to be a tither. We believe tithing is a biblical thing. We never talk about tithe. But today, I want to encourage you. We want you to be committed to giving of your finances to Love City Church. Come on, we want you to be a tither. We want you to give 10% of your increase. And, when, and you know what God blesses? The tithe is already God's. That belongs to him. But you know what he blesses? He likes to bless your offering. He likes to bless it when you give to an, a missionary in our church, or Courtney, or to NLI Canada, or to World Compassion. He wants to, when we, we just gave $1,500 away to Experience Church, just to bless those guys. We love you, Experience Church. It's a Jonathan Natasha, just to say we love you guys and your church. And, you know, Josiah and Natalie Guernsey up at, uh, at Thrive Church in the north. Give some money to them. And we want to be a part of giving offerings to bless people in our city. But God blesses that offering. This is a really powerful part of what it means to be a part of the local church. Our money is shared among one another. We help one another. But not only that, also your talents and your treasures or your, your time. Your time 
and your talents. These talents, look at this scripture. Your time, John 13, 35, your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Galatians 6, 10, therefore, whenever you have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of the faith. That's giving your time. How about this one? In, uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. The purpose of your talent is so that you can serve the body of Christ. Come on, when every person to be a part of a team, not just on our Sunday team, but maybe it's on our missions team or our outreach team or our video team or maybe it's on a, gr a team for groups or maybe it's our Wednesday gathering or maybe our Sunday gathering or maybe our church planning gathering or our future Bible college or our internship or our foster care program. Who knows what it is, but we want you to be a part of a team and invest yourself, your time, your treasure and your talents so that we as together can experience everything God wants for our church. Listen, we cannot be everything God's called us to be without you. We cannot. And I want to encourage you in this season. Come on, lean in. Things might not be perfect. We might have green turf hearts. <laughs> Things won't always be perfect. But you know what? We need you. Here's the last thing here today. Last one is this. Go. Gather, grow, give, go. Commit to one gathering a, a, a week. Commit to a group every week, digitally or physically. Come on, we want you to give your time, your treasure, and talents. Come on, we want you to go. Every person committed to inviting people to Love City Church. People invited to sharing about Jesus Christ, telling others about Jesus and Love City Church every single week. And why? Here's why. Look what it says. We're here to help people discover a relationship with Jesus and live a life that expresses his love every day for every single person. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. As always, here's our goal. 365 souls. Now, right now, our church is not 365 people, but that's our goal. We want to see 365 people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and make Love City Church their home. That's our goal. That's our numerical growth objective. It's right here in Scripture. And who added it? The Lord. Who did it? God did. God added it. God made it happen. God grew it. Why did he do it? because they were led by his presence. Why did he do it? Because they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Why did he do it? Because they were committed to the biblical rhythm that's written right here in scripture. And then the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. It's not about my preaching and it's not about, about James worship leading or about our kids ministry. All those things need to be excellent and, and, uh, and, and well-structured and thought through and, and preaching the God. Yes, they need to be great. But at the end of the day, if we can commit to, by being, by, to being led by the presence of God, to being filled with the Holy Spirit so it could be witnesses by, by his power and being committed to the rhythm of Love City Church to gather one physical commitment each week, be a part of a group, either physically or digitally, give your time, your treasure, and your talents and go be on mission for Jesus Christ, guess what will happen? He will add to our numbers daily those who are being saved. And we'll do it together. Simplicity. We'll just do it together. Those four things. We gather and we, and we have groups. We have gatherings and we have groups. We have gatherings and we have groups. And with that, we are going to reach the city of Calgary together. With that, we're going to reach 365 people. And then when we reach 365 people, we're going to say, all right, we're going to reach 365 more. 
and then we're going to reach 365 more, and then we're going to reach 365 more until God uses Love City Church to be an influence in the city of Calgary to see lives change, marriages transform, minds renewed, hearts changed, see people who are Christians get saved and become followers of Jesus. Come on. People who grew up in church who never experienced a relationship with God before, but they sat in the pew their entire life, experienced a life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ, help those who are out and down and hurting and broken, who are right now out there, who have no hope and nothing to live for, hear about the name of Jesus Christ and see them transform just like in the early church. We can see that happen in our lives today. This is my final thought. I want you to, in your life, be led by the presence of Jesus. In your life today, come on, let's ask the Holy Spirit to fill us. In your life today, be committed to the church. Don't do this on your own. You were not created to do this in isolation. You were not created to do this with, with just you and your Bible. You were created to do this in a group, of, in a community, in a local church, the Ecclesia. And the Ecclesia was sent to the earth. God called us out to be the church because it is the instrument and the tool by which it will usher in the very kingdom of God. And you get to be a part of that. And I get to be a part of that together. And we get to reach many people for the life-saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen? Let me pray. Lord, I thank you so much for today. Bless these people. Be with them today, Father. We pray that you would trust, uh, or just uh, begin to uh, minister to their heart. I pray for those who are feeling on the edge, fringe, a little bit not connected. Lord, I pray in this new season, as we come into our new building, we come to a new team systems and new strategy and new rhythm of our service. Lord, it's really a new church. Same heart, new rhythm. I pray that they would come back. Lord, if they've been separate or distant or disconnected, let them come back. Let them try again. Those who are watching today, Father, who are far from you, I pray they would make a decision to just confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that you're Lord, and Lord, they'll be saved. Lord, for those who are in our church, God, who are feeling disconnected, and those who have been a part of a group, or those who are nervous about gathering, Lord, I pray for faith and, and, and joy and confidence and excitement to know, God, you're up to something great in our church, and we're gonna reach many people in this city, in this community, for your kingdom. In Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said, Amen. amen. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.